Good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Hey, we are continuing our series, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And today it's a little bit different. I know this sounds like we're never really, we're always a little bit different, I guess, huh? So maybe today is the same as always because it's going to be a little bit different. We get to hear a story. And in fact, what I'd like if I can throw a curveball to the tech team, if you could put up the slide, my story, it's not in my message outline. This is just kind of coming off because I thought about this. Um, this, What we're going to be looking at today, in fact, when you look at Scripture, you see a lot of story. And so what we want to do is make sure that we get your story, your story with Jesus. Um, Maybe your, your story with Jesus hasn't really begun, but maybe you've been with him for a long time. And whether you grew up in a house and you experienced Jesus always, every day, and it was awesome experience, and um, you don't really m- remember the exact day when you said, I believe, but you know that you were baptized and you were with him. We want to know that story. Or maybe your story is you didn't know him and your life looks very different. In fact, you're almost scared to tell your story to the people who are here because it's not so awesome. But what I want to tell you today is that it is awesome because it talks about redemption. It talks about that there's a place for you in his family. And so one of the things that we value here is life transformation. And as we talk about life transformation, we want to hear your transformation story. Maybe it's a big one. Maybe it's a small one. Whatever it may be, go online, submit your story. You just have to write it out. You don't have to be a great writer or anything. Just write it out. You don't have to spell check. It's all right. Just write it out. We want to hear your story. Some of these stories we're going to pull then, and we're going to try to get some film of the individuals who have shared their story, if you're willing to go on. Because what the vision behind this is, is that I want to make sure that people who are saying, I want something different in my life. I'm tired of repeating the same stuff. I'm tired of walking through the day and saying, I don't really have a whole lot of hope for this day. I'm tired of going through this day and worrying about everything that's going to happen. I'm tired of going through the day and saying, I'm lonely and I don't have any relationships that are really significant. I'm tired of feeling like I'm disenfranchised, that no one cares. I want to hear your story so that those individuals can come and they can go to our website And they can go, what does life with Jesus really look like? And they're going to see a myriad of different stories. And maybe one of those stories will connect to them and give them an open door, an open invitation to say, maybe it's my chance now to experience life with Jesus. So can you do that? Can you share your story? Adrian, thank you. <laughs> In fact, you know what? I'm just going to just come up right over here, and I'm going to preach right to you, because <laughs> you're the only one listening right now. So with that, 
stories are important, and as we look through Scripture, when you read through the Bible, it's about a story. And today we're going to hear another story, and it's about Paul as he engages with people in another area where he had to ask the question, should I stay or should I go? We're in Acts. If you can find your um, Bible, we're in Acts chapter 14, verse 19. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we've got Bibles on the chairs. You can also go online, Bible.com. It's real easy. You'll find um, any kind of version that you want. Today we're using NLT, the New Living Translation. We use that version because it's called a dynamic version. I can't sit here. Um, It's a dynamic version because what it does is it takes the Greek or the Hebrew. Greek is New Testament. Hebrew is generally Old Testament. It takes that language It translates it, but it tries to do so with language that we use today. So phrases and terms that we use today rather than the the exact literal word. So it will use an equivalent, and that's why we use the New Living Translation. So if you want to use another translation, you can. It's good to look at many different translations when you get confused. So as you're reading the Bible, it's another value that we have here is that the word comes first. We want to make sure that you're engaging with the Word because as you engage with God's Word, that's how God speaks to you. So if you feel like, oh man, God hasn't been really talking to me, it's as much as a click away for God to speak to you or to open up the pages of His Word and let Him speak to you. He guarantees that He will speak to you through His Word. Verse 19. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into town. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derbe. After preaching the good news in Derbe and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystria, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Then they traveled back through Pisidia to Pamphylia. They preached the word in Perga and then went down to Attila. Finally, they returned by ship to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. And they stayed there with the believers for a long time. Verse 19 We're going to read that again. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. But the believers gathered around him, and he got up, and he went back into town. Oftentimes, when we read through this portion of Scripture, we just kind of go, oh, yeah, so he got stoned again. And then he went back in. And then we keep going through. It's like, 
So Paul, he's just, you know, he gets stoned and then he goes back. I want us to pause for a second and just think about that. Um, many times we have individuals who, part of their story is that they receive faith in Jesus and then trouble hits. And the first sign of trouble could be something really easy like you lose your job. You're probably going, well, gosh, that doesn't sound easy. Maybe it's you lose your job. Maybe it's find out you have cancer. Maybe it's that your wife leaves you. Uh, you got like, oh, man. Maybe you find out that your entire savings is gone. For some of you, you're like, well, I don't have a savings, so that's not hard. But I want us to pause for a second here and think about Paul. Because we are no less and we're no greater than Paul. Paul's faith, he was connected to Jesus. He was sent on a mission. But I believe, even though sometimes we're insecure about whether or not we're on mission, we know that God wants us to believe that we are on mission. Is that right? But sometimes we get insecure about that. And here's Paul. Goes into this town. He's done some good things here. And now the people have turned everyone that they can against him. And he gets stoned. Not like, stoned. <laughs> just so you, just clarify. It's very important. He gets brought out. He's told that he's not worth anything. That's what it means when you're stoned. You're a blasphemer. Or you're someone who's against God. So, I mean, this is attacking his character. He's given his whole life to God. And now here's some people that should be on his side are ready to kill him. I want to think, just think about this process. You are right there, and everyone around is picking up stones. They're shouting insults at you, and then they start throwing the stones. You're getting pegged on the head, on the shoulder. It's an awful, awful punishment, and it's meant to kill you. He gets hit so many times that he falls to the ground, and they think he's dead. So they grab onto, this is extra reference, it's not in Scripture, this is just Lytle interpreting. They grab onto his ankle and just drag him out and throw him out like trash. That's the image I want you to get. You've almost been killed, and you've been thrown out in the trash heap. You wake up, and then you decide, should I stay or should I go? That's what Paul was facing. I alluded to earlier that many times we see people who receive the faith and then something happens and instantly they go, I don't know if I want this. 
But when God's mission is running through you, you say, pull that back. It's not about what I want. It's about what God has done for me, and now what can I do to represent him? So Paul says he's going to stay. And then he goes, you know what? We're going to go back into this town. And then the next day he leaves, for Bar- leaves with Barnabas for Derby. They preach the good news. They see more disciples. I mean, it's almost like he doesn't miss a step. There's some supernatural stuff going on here. Because he's able to walk. He's not laid up in bed for a week. There's a healing that takes place in this as well. Because we believe in a God who heals us. When we're on mission for him, if his mission is for us to go to another town the next day, he'll make sure it can happen. Do we believe in a God like this? I hope so, because we've seen people be... We've seen here in this church people be healed. It wasn't us. It's God. And we have seen people who we thought would never walk with Jesus begin that walk. And we haven't even been around for two years. It's incredible stuff, but sometimes we just go, Kind of like we read this verse. Oh, yeah, he got stoned. And then he kept on going. The reason why we tell stories is to remind us of the power of God working in us and through us and around us. Because it's real. The power of the risen Christ, Jesus, is real. His resurrection is real. And the same power that's in that resurrection the same power that works through you. It's the same power that will resurrect you to give you hope and a future. So Paul encourages them. This is in verse 22. They encourage them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. If anyone ever preaches to you or preaches to you about Jesus and says, you know what, from now on, your life is going to be easy, just go, you're a liar. (laughs) That's not true. It's never meant to be easy. It may become simple. It may become clear but it doesn't mean you won't experience hardship. It's the posture that you take in the hardship that God wants to see. He knows that sometimes we're going to be knocked down, hit to the ground, almost dead. And all he's looking for us is to look back to him, to know that there's healing, that there's a future, that there's grace, that there's forgiveness, and that he has a place for us with his family. That no matter what else, what anyone else would say, he says, you are my son and my daughter, and in you I am well pleased. That's our story, and that's where all our stories begin. Today, we get to hear from 
a guy who is leaving everything and coming here to be family with us. How's that sound? Um, we're going to be calling him up on FaceTime, and his name is Wynn Daron, and he is, um, we, we met him once, he came through, and he was interested in finding out, what is this church doing? He lives in Atlanta, Georgia. He works at a church, and he decided over several months here that he would go ahead and sell his house, pack his belongings, move here with not really knowing where he's going to stay, but thank you to the Vanderwater family because they offered a place for a couple months. So he's going to come here. I want you to just, just breathe this in for a little bit. You're going to meet him in just a few seconds. Hopefully it works, because if it doesn't work, we're in trouble. Um, just breathe this in. God calls you somewhere, and you say, okay, I'll sell my house. I'll get in the car, and I'll come up here. Oh, there he is. Hey, Wynn. I hope we have audio. Can we hear you yet? Keep talking, Wynn. Try again. So <clears throat> one of the things we're going to pray for is that you can lip read. <laughs> yeah, he's just going like this. Hey, don't worry, Wynn. Um, just speak really clearly. So. <laughs> hey, give us a thumbs up if you can hear us. Yeah, awesome. So maybe we'll do a yes, no, like thumbs up, thumbs down. I unmuted us. We weren't muted, but I pushed the button just to let you guys know. Why don't we give Jason applause while we're waiting? Because it's going to kind of... He worked really hard. He tested this. Just so you know, he did test all this. But this is the way things always work. Is the anticipation killing you? I don't know if it's killing me. <laughs> Jason's playing a game. He's almost done. Almost beat the level. Is it coming through? Ooh. Hey. Yay. Hey, can I put this on here? Or is that going to mess it up? I have to hold it like this. Okay. All right. So, when we've got some questions, and we've used a little bit of time here. So, I'm going to get started. Um, everybody say hi to Win. Hi. Awesome. Good morning, Oikos. And let me, um, 
I'm going to go like this. Can you see everybody win? Yay! Good morning. Sorry, you get to look at me because I have to hold it like this. Otherwise, you're just going to be looking at lights. Um, (laughs) So why don't we start out? Can you just give us a little bit of your history? Like, where did you grow up? And um, just give us a favorite story from your childhood. <laughs> no, is it back? Yeah. Okay. All right. I heard. Uh, give a little story about Houston. Be cut out. Yeah, he got it, but now he's frozen. Should I stay right here? There, are you back? Am I coming through? Um, Let's call you back. Hold on, Wynn. This might be the longest sermon ever. So just... (laughs) (laughs) I I won't talk long, I promise. (laughs) Okay, let's try again. You got it? Yeah, all right. We good? We're good. Okay. So you want me to talk a little bit about my experience in Houston? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I um, born and raised in Katy, Texas. Me. I wonder if it would be better for us to, I'll try again. When Jason and I did this the other day, it was flawless. It's going to be right now because the people out there better be praying. Okay, so you grew up in Katy, Texas. I got that part. Go ahead. Okay, and uh, and I life. Maybe we should do just audio. Are you ready? Let's do a switch. Um, I gotta do. Hold on, I gotta type in the little thing. There we go. You guys got a good look at who he is, though, right? Okay. Oh, is that not going to work now? Okay. What a lovely. I think we'll.
It doesn't let me answer. Oh, look, it's going to your phone. <laughs> just, just hold it up to your microphone and they can get the audio. Okay, great. Okay, Wayne, go ahead. All right, so I uh, grew up in Katy, um, and I, I was a lifelong member of Our Savior. Uh, they're pretty close to you guys, and uh, but it was a unique challenge trying to live in Katy and uh, go to church at Our Savior. There just wasn't a lot of time to, to really be involved with what was going on uh, in the life of, of our Savior because we it was just so far away. and So I started going to Memorial there in Katy, just connecting to the, the youth group my senior year of high school, and uh, then never quit going and uh, and kind of uh, was really connected to, to a couple leaders there and, and uh, through them just pouring into me and just uh, living life together. Um, Lord kind of led me into go to Concordia, Texas, and do this DCE thing. So I've been serving out in Gainesville, Georgia for three years now. I graduated in 2012, and it's been three years already. So that's kind of my my uh, Katie to Houston story a little bit. And and so I haven't lived in Houston in seven years, or Katie in seven years. So definitely is, uh, is really interesting to, to come back now that things have changed a little bit. So... That's my uh, my faith life growing up a little bit. There wasn't a lot of uh, community that I that I had with church uh, for my first really seventeen years of my faith life. So um, that's kind of where I ended up, and that's where I'm at at now. So tell us, who is Jesus to you, and why do you follow him? Oh, that's a when you sent me that question. That was one that was was really uh, took a lot of thought. Um, Partially because Jesus is just such a big part of my life, um, and one one thing, one thought that came to mind is: is he the one? He's the one that always listens to me, uh, and all the crazy ideas and the crazy things I tell him, uh, he still doesn't run away, or still doesn't get scared and and uh, and wander off. And he's also like my Lord and Savior. I am such a sinful person that I need Jesus uh, through His death and resurrection. Um, it's just done so much for for me and and saved me from from the wrath of god and and so when i don't i'm not sure if i ever had a a moment where i felt like jesus was just calling me to be something different but uh, but really kind of had that tug in my entire life and and living in that tension of being a sinner and saint has, has been uh been really hard and, and interesting though and and the grace that comes through it is is fantastic so just to have somebody that listens all the time and uh, somebody that never runs away, and something somebody that that died for my sins. That that's this for me. And when um, tell us a little bit of why and how you decided to go ahead and leave Georgia and come back to Houston, and what was your process on whether you should stay or you should go? Yeah, I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> um, so uh, the the problem started I think about a year and a half ago when I was kind of um, searching for how to disciple our students better in our student ministry I felt like we were doing a lot of great events a lot of good uh, things for people to come to and students to come to and we were, we were getting a lot of students to come and and the Lord just burdened me with with a question like are we effectively discipling our students and and uh, I think we were using these events often as means to or as ends in themselves 
that we are we're building up these events to to attract students to come. And there just wasn't a lot of discipleship that happened in there. And so we we weren't using the the disciple students. We were using them for fun events for our students to come to. So through that wrestle uh, and through that tension, I realized that one of the big issues wasn't that we weren't discipling our students uh, well enough. It was we weren't discipling our entire congregation well enough. And, and so uh, in that time, we had a vacancy in a factor. So... Uh, we were on the call committee searching for one, and there was a pastor, a planter out here in Atlanta named Tom Tony, who uh, he was just pointing to me and listening to my crazy ideas and letting me vent him. And through that, he, he led me to, to explore some 3DM ministry stuff and uh, to explore some missional community stuff. And so that's kind of where the, the ball started. And and uh, and through that, the call process and, and the process of wrestling how to disciple our students better, um, I started researching more into to missional communities. And Jesus used that time to, to wrestle and to show me that where my gifts and skills are uh, probably align a little better with uh, less institutional kind of churches and less, um, I guess, traditional churches. And, and so uh, I'm a very relational guy. And, and so I spent a lot of time being out in the community, meeting people. So, so with those uh, events and those, those um, discipling tools that God used, uh, I realized that maybe the Lord is calling me to something different. And so then uh, Tom connected me to Aaron. And so I, I started praying about it and seeking the Lord. Uh, and, and he showed me that there was probably some things I needed to work on in my own faith life before I could do anything. And one of the biggest obstacles was seeing that God is good enough. I think this is something y'all talked about, but seeing that God is good enough, so I don't like I don't have to have anything else. That God is enough, and and so He was calling me to lay down some of my idols and to to kind of uh, notice that things in my life that are good I made idols, and and that God is ultimately good enough for anything, and and uh, and so. God had planted that on my heart, and and Aaron and I talked about it a little bit, and and uh, kind of saw that that God's calling me to something different, and and it's calling me to lay down my idols and to really focus on Him, and uh, and so then through prayer and discernment, through that journey and that wrestle, uh, I ended up at Oikos, and uh, and I think uh, also Jason's beard's really awesome, so I wanted to come for that too. Awesome. Hey, Wynn, I'm going to go ahead and let you go, but before we do, um, I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to pray for you as a church. Is there one thing in particular that you would like specific prayer until you arrive here on July 1st? Sure. Um, prayers for, for my house selling, um, that's going to be a thing. I know God's got it covered and Jesus got it covered, but but still a big issue is, is getting my, my household and, and also for uh, Good Shepherd in their transition, and for Oikos in their transition, that, that Jesus can be glorified through all of it. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, okay. we, we thank you so much for this time to just interact with Wynn, with your son. We pray that as he prepares to go and to leave Atlanta, that um, it would be a good sending from the church, that they wouldn't see as them losing out, but rather that they would be sending and actually expanding their touch. And so we thank you so much that they have invested in win over the last few years and that 
now he is being called back to Houston to serve here. And so as he engages with Oikos as a church planner intern, Lord, we ask that you would give us the wisdom to guide and to invest wisely with Wynn so that he can grow and he can do what you have planned for him to do. Um, we thank you so much that you have put a heart of trust in him, that he's willing to listen to you, he's willing to go when you say to go, and he's willing to stay when you say stay. So I pray that you would continue to do this through the rest of his days. Allow him to hear your voice each day, and may he respond with trust, knowing that you're always with him. In your name we pray, amen. amen. All, all right, Wynn, thank you very much. Sorry for all the um, craziness, but I'm glad you stuck with us, and we're looking forward to seeing you on July 1st. Yes, we'll see you all in a month. Awesome. All right. Take care, guys. Yep. Thanks for sticking with us through all of that. I hope you got a, just a picture, which you did get a picture of when. You got to hear his voice. He will be with us on July 1st. He really is going through a process of saying it's time to go. And it's time to come here and be a part of our family. So I hope you can welcome him as one of our family. Think about ways that you can engage with him. I'd encourage you, take him out to lunch. Invite him over to your house. Let him engage with your family. He is here to learn about what does it look like to plant a church that is based on family, on mission together. So can we all do that? Awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to get into your word, to find one of your servants, to talk to him, to look at the story of Paul, to hear the story of when. Lord, we ask that you would help us reflect on our own story that you're building in us today. May we continue to look to you when things get very hard, but then also put them in perspective, Lord, that nothing really is too hard because you're with us. And your son has invited us to lay our burdens down upon him, that he would take them, that he would walk with us when, we're, when we feel defeated. He'll lift us up when we've fallen down. He will rejoice when us, when we, with us when we succeed. And he will continue to love us even when we seem so unlovable. Lord, we thank you for this grace the grace that you pour down upon us. And if we could walk out today just with a small measure of that grace to give to others, allow that to be. Lord, speak into our lives today as we represent you today, tomorrow, and until you come again. In your name we pray, amen.